This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. So in Philippians chapter 2, and you should be pre-marked there already, but in, in Philippians 2, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved... As we have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but not, but how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Everybody knows, and we have, I think this is our 11th lesson. We have been, we have actually, we've been teaching on this particular subject since March, and June 1st is tomorrow. And we have been teaching on that. That's how long the series have been. And that's how, let me tell you, you don't have to ever say, I don't know how to study. You got plenty to study. Besides family life and besides Wednesday, you got plenty to study. You don't even, you don't have, never even have to think about it. Just say, oh, what, what's been taught? We're getting taught different things every week. I have something to study. Amen. Now go with me, if you will, to John 17. John 17. Now, if we're going to be able to be used by God, and if we're going to be able to be put, in, uh, put to, into practice the tools that He's given us, God, and, and that He's going to make us whole with, that He is going to heal us with, that He's going to restore us with, we need to know that we have a time to get it done. Time is a commodity that you cannot waste. Time and the time that you have, God has given it to you. And you're only allotted a certain amount of time. Everything that's being taught, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's family life, whether it's here on Sunday mornings, God is allotting you a time to walk in that. It's not, it's not forever. It's a time. Amen. And we can look at Jesus at the end of his earthly ministry in John chapter 17. Are you there? Beginning at verse 1, it said, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is the life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, the only True God. Now, now that lets you know that there are other gods, but He's the only true God. So all the others are just they're statues that have no life to them, no breath that can do nothing. They're chains with crosses on them that can give you no victory. He is alone is the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. Verse four, and I have glorified Thee on the earth. This is Jesus speaking. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I love that. Jesus was a finisher. Now, if we're going to operate in our lives according to Jesus and walk like he walked, then we must be finishers. Because Jesus just said here, I finished the work. 
I finished the work. And let me tell you, you, if you, if you don't plan on being a finisher, I don't care how many tools we give you. I don't care how many subjects we teach on. You will not get the victory of being made whole. You will not get the victory of being restored by the master's hand because you are not operating in his prison. You don't want to finish. You have to have a mindset to finish. Jesus finished in every dispensation, and we all know in this ministry what the word dispensation means. It's a span of time. It's a dispensation of time. And all of us have different dispensations of time in our lives. Our whole life is a dispensation. And we have little dispensations all the way through that. And so, in that span, every span, every span of time in Jesus' life, He took the opportunity to grow and develop. When He was a child, when He was an adolescent, when He was an adult, every time he made sure he made good every opportunity. He did not waste time. A person that have a waster of time is a waster of time will never be a finisher. Will never work out your own salvation. You will always depend on someone else to try to work out your salvation because you're wasting your time. Amen. I like what the Bible said that Jesus it said from a little boy he increased in Wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. You need to be finding all of that with God and man. First with God and man. And Jesus knew how to do it because he didn't waste time. And you know what? We're gonna, uh, we, we're gonna get into it. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but especially you young people, you just, you waste too much time. You're just being wasteful of time. Jesus didn't do that. When it's, when it was time for, uh, for him to take the, the um, uh, when it was time for him to get into his earthly ministry, he was right there. He said, I finished this work. He finished the work. Everything that he taught, everything that he did, everyone that he healed, everyone that he made whole, everyone that he rebuked, everyone, everything that he was supposed to do, he did it at an early age and all through his ministry as he walked. Amen. And so being taught... We need to be the same way. Everything that we've been taught. Jesus lived out everything. And God said, and He's our example. You can't get bored with your walk. When he was at the cross, see, we, 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 right now we get all, fra- we get all frazzled for any little thing. But guess what? Jesus had hardships too. Let me tell you, he stayed on the cross. That was a hardship and bared your sins and my sins and the whole sins of the world. You have never taken on anything like that. The least little thing comes to you, you don't have your life built and you're ready to give up on God. You're ready to give up on Christ. You don't have a boo and I'm ready to go back in the world and get one. No. Jesus finished it. Stayed where he was supposed to. Why? Because he was finishing the assignment that God had sent him to do. Church, I want you to know that you are not able to finish anything that God is calling you to. You're not able to operate in the tools that he's given you. You're not able to be made whole until first you maximize and strengthen this dispensation in your life by making your time valuable. Don't waste it. Amen. Don't waste it. And there's so many of us don't know how to establish our times. But this is the time, right now, this morning, that you should begin to establish your time.
Now, God wouldn't be saying it if you hadn't been wasting it. He wouldn't make this turn if you haven't, because He's saying all of this goes hand in hand. See, uh, you know, all this, oh, that was a good word. Oh, I got this, I got this. God said, yeah, but do you have this? Time is a commodity. Amen. When I say establish, I mean to have to establish what God desires to accomplish for His purpose. In every every area of your life, in every dispensation of your life, there's something God wants to accomplish. You may not know it, but it is. And He wants want to accomplish for His purpose. And we have to establish by saying, God, what is it that you are trying to process in me? What is it that you're trying to get me to see and know? You have to ask. See, that's working out your own salvation. Even after you hear message, you have to ask God, what are you trying to do in me? What is it that you're trying to do in me in every period of my life? There's something God wants to do in you. God wants you to... God is saying... When you ask me what am I trying to do through you, I'll tell you. But you know what? We never ask him. We want to guess. We want to, well, okay. Or you want to see what God is doing with somebody else and say, okay, well, he's doing that with me too. No. You need to ask God, God, what are you trying to do in me? What are you, what are you, what are you, what, what do you want to do in me and through me? See, in me, because we already know he's told us for the last ten weeks that he's working on the inside of you. And he wants you to work it out. So now what you want through me, you, you want to work through me, God. I yield myself. Lord, what is it you want to do in my life? So that not only will it benefit others, it will benefit me, it will be benefit my family, but others most importantly. But everybody's going to get in on it when I yield myself and I use my time properly. I understand what his purpose is. And I understand what is required of me to finish and to walk according to his word when I understand my timing is limited. It's only a dispensation. Amen. What type of time? What type of energy? Ask God, what type of time do I have? What type of energy do I need? What type of work ethic, listen, is going to be required for me to be made whole? What? Because remember, you're working out your own salvation. But you have to ask, what is it that I need to do? When I talk about being made whole and finishing, I mean to be brought into a place of perfection. Of mat- or maturity. So, because I don't want anybody right there to say, well, can anybody be perfect? Let's just say maturity just to keep it so you'll, you'll be out. Now, most of the per- people in Church of Living Water understand that. But it is since every- so other people are listening, God wants to bring you to a place of maturity so that He can continue in excellence. And we've been taught that over the years. God wants to perfect things in us to bring it to excellence. That is, in my life, I have to bring my life to a level of perfection to make it mature. Make it, drive it to excellence. Drive it to excellence. In, in your home, drive it to excellence. Mature in those things. I have to bring my level of life, my level of my home into maturity. My family into maturity. That is my responsibility. Why? As I grow and develop in God, He'll teach me how. He'll show me how. So that I can continue in excellence. Listen. Write this down. Very important. And let God further enlighten you. Write it down. There's a difference between something ending and something finished. There's a difference between, between something ending and something finished. 
See, listen, and I'm going to just give you a quick example. There are people right now, because people are graduating from high school, graduate from college, but listen, there are people that will graduate, but they won't commence. Did you hear me? There's people all over the country. They'll graduate, but not commence. You know, they go to the commencement exercise. They won't commence. They'll graduate, they'll get a piece of paper, they say, you can't come here, here anymore, but you're not ready to commence to the next phase of your life. Mm, you better get that. You're not ready to commence to the next phase of your life. In other words, you have left one thing, but you're not ready for the next thing. God is trying to help you this morning. In other words, I didn't take the lessons. This is, this is why you're not ready. You didn't take the lessons that I should have learned seriously in this phase. You didn't take it seriously. So now you can't continue into the next phase of life in an excellent way. Oh, you're going into the next phase of life because that's just going to come. You're going to have phases of your life, but you're not going to go into it with excellence. There's a difference. So now, now is the time to redeem the time. And when I say redeem the time, because you can't buy time, you can't steal time, you can't borrow time, this redeemed time means you need to make it good now. It's time to make it good right now. Right now. Oh God, why are you so good to us? With all of our foolishness, he's so good to us. Make good the time that God has given us. Time is valuable. Say that with me. Time is valuable. You know what? Again, you can't waste time. You can't procrastinate. You can't keep putting things off. You know, the Bible says that life is like a vapor that appears for a moment. And there's the more. I meant to bring a spray can up here. Well, when, while you're at home, get a spray can and spray it in the air and watch the vapors. That's how life is. Because soon it'll make a mist. And then it will just finally disappear. God said, that's the way life is. It's like a vapor. It appears for a moment and, and, uh, of time and then it moves fast. I, th- I was thinking about when I was studying this out, I was thinking about the young folks in this ministry. And I can remember a time when you were young, when you, was little, when you were running around the church and in children's ministry and, you know, doing things. I can remember the time you were just excited about graduating high school. I, you know, just, just thinking back on time. And, you know, and you just, oh, yo, everything was just exciting about it. Everything. Children's ministry, you love coming to church. You love being around. love to go to the youth group. love to do all of those things. It just seems like yesterday to me. But look, where did the time go? Because some of you are married and have children now. Where did that time go? It's gone. That time flew by. You were just thinking about finishing high school. Just thinking about finishing college. And now you're married and with children. Look how fast time moves. So you can't waste time. We must finish the work within a span of time or the dispensation that God has given us. Every person, every person under the sound of my voice, God has spoken something to your heart. Even if you don't know him, he has spoken to your heart for you to get to know him. He's like, know me. He has sent somebody. God has spoken to everybody that's listening to me under the sound of my voice. Even if you're not right, God has spoken to your heart. 
That's the way he works. He, and when he's spoken to, when you're not right, he's speaking to your heart to get right. But he's speaking to you. God has spoken to every person's heart some instructions. And I want to make sure that you operate and finish the work in which God has spoke to you about. And, and, and get this, please get this. He's not giving you forever to do it. You don't, oh, okay, okay. Some of you have wasted so many time and your time is almost up and you still haven't done not one thing that he said. It, listen, at the, at the time you hear his voice, that's the time to obey. At the time you hear his voice, that's the time to obey. See, when you start fornicating and you say, I know that wasn't right. That was his voice. That's when you obey. That's when you put your clothes back on and you walk away. Because he's speaking to me. Yeah, oh gosh, I feel, it just don't feel right. You know, it just don't feel, yeah. God don't dig no threesome. But somebody's praying for you. And when you hear it, you need to stop. Don't let lust, don't let thoughts, don't let, drown his voice. Because he has a still small voice and he's not going to shout to you. He's going to tell you, you, that's just wrong on every level. And you hear it clearly. That's the time to obey. Say, no, no, no. But you let lust take over, lust will drown the voice of God out of your head, out of your spirit, out of your mind, and out of your heart. Amen? Need to hear his voice. But we, but we also need to finish the work of the ministry. The foundation of the work of another man's, uh, uh, from his foundation. I mean, from his dispensation. We're working on, let me tell you, listen, we're not doing our founding's pastor. We're not finishing his work. He finished his. His work was foundation. His work was foundation. That's finished. We're not going back doing any foundation. It's laid. God is saying, now, get, I've given you something. I'm, I'm going to tell you what God has revealed to my heart. Just hold on. But, I'm, but we, we've already, now we're building on a man's foundation. But we're not making the foundation. We're building now. God has given us a work to do in this ministry. And the work is restoration, is healing, is rebuilding, is repairing, is preparing, is restoring those who are lost. I want us to finish in the time that's allotted with us every dispensation of our lives. Amen. We need to make good every opportunity every in every dispensation. You know, the key to winning this whole thing in your spiritual life, let's think of it as a sports or something. You need to finish every quarter. Every quarter. Or let's put it this way. You need to finish every phase of your life. Let's count it as a quarter. See, maybe you'll understand it better. You need to finish it. So don't let a quarter or a phase just end. You need to finish it. And not just finish it. You need to finish it strong. You need to push and do it. And when they not end it, just you got to finish the quarter. Finish it strong. And listen, all of us, all of us are, go are going to go through quarters in our lives. That simply phases. And I want you to be able to take the time 
and say, I see what this time is. This is a time in my dispensation of my life. And I know I have to finish something. And I want to finish strong. I don't care. Listen, it doesn't matter what mistakes you make. That's a cop out. That's done. That's over. Now how you going to finish? Now what you're going to do? Now it's time to push forward. Forget a, you know, stop, stop talking about the mistake. Cause see, you'll start using that as a cloak of maliciousness and a cloak to just continue the way you are. No, let me tell you, nobody feels sorry for you. It's over. That's over. What are you gonna do now? Because time is running out. Let's get busy. Listen, anytime you don't finish something, We've talked about this in time past. You will never have any rest. You will not have any rest. And what else did we say you'll always do? You'll always have painful adjustments. Always adjusting things in your life. For, the, for just the one simple fact, I used my time recklessly. I blew my time and I didn't finish nothing. And now I'm paying for it. And some of you, you think you're paying for it now. Oh, it hasn't even began. Listen, you need to get your life together. You, have, you know what? You have to understand. You have to see when distractions come. Just like I was talking about earlier. You've got to see when distractions come. Let me tell you, distractions can come from others. You have to see it. Get your life together. Even about others. Even about other people. Listen, when it comes to being made whole, because, let me tell you, because you get caught up with people, they will mess you up. Or Let's just call them others. Just because it could be anybody. Let me tell you, they will get you messed up. And one thing that I've learned over the years, and I'm going to give you this secret about others, is they won't be around after they've messed you up. They will not be around. I promise you that. After they've messed you up, they won't be around. I don't care if it's a gang on the corner. I don't care if it's a deceptive person in the church. I don't care if it's a loved one. I don't care who it is. That, let me tell you, the others are all the same. They'll hang you out to dry. Time after time after time, believe me. You know what they'll do? They'll make you fall and then say, oh, look at them, they fell. And see, you're, you're caught up with them. You need to be doing this. We all doing this. So you want to jump on that. And, let me do, and then when you fall, they go, ooh. Listen, you'll never be able to correct your timing when you reject counsel. Never. Never. I'll say it again. You'll never be able to correct your timing when you reject counsel. When authority or people are telling you or family members are telling you what you ought to do and you know that what they are telling you is the truth, and you choose not to do it anyway, you're setting yourselves up. Not only to not finish, but to waste valuable time. That's wasteful. That's wasteful. Hmm. You need to see in these teachings that God is doing, what God is doing for you, and what He's speaking to you, it's all for His purpose. 
We're only here for a a limited amount of time and it's for its purpose. Listen, when God speaks, you have to, listen, take time to see after he speaks. I got to see. Listen. In other words, you know, I don't really know how important God's instructions are. Listen, until I take time to see. See, that's why people can tell you something and you don't think it's all that important. Well, you haven't taken time to see what he said. You just don't like what he said. So if I don't like what you said, I'm not going to take time to try to see what you said. Well, you're not going to be able to follow his instruction if you don't see. (laughs) See, oftentimes in churches we take all the notes, we write things down. That you said, God said, and, and you, you know, but you never go back to them. Oh, we're good note takers. And especially in a teaching ministry. Everybody's a good note taker. You ain't, you ain't got no deal on note taking. Everybody takes good notes. It's a teaching ministry. But do you go back and reference them? Meditate on them? Some of you, you never, you just take notes so it look good in front of people. And you never, when you go home, you never even think about them. You never attempt to understand the depth of what God is saying to you and how you're to, to finish and how you're to, to, do, to, to, to handle your time. And, and it's simply because you don't understand. You don't know, understand how to see. I want to know how do you think that you can finish instruction if you never take time to see what God is saying. How do you think you're going to do it? If you, don't, if you never take time to see what God is trying to do in you, how do you think that you're going to finish it? How do you think you're going to do it? Listen, listen. You will never know how important it is until you take time to see what's being said to you. Every time when you get off of streaming, you need to see what's being said to you. Every time. Listen. But once you take the time and you begin to see, listen, church, you'll have time to establish a plan. Because you can see something now. Now I can make a plan. And the plan is always, everybody say always, the plan is always based on God's original instructions. Always. When you take time to see church, you find out you have favor, you have help, you have time. You must establish a plan within that. Base it on the original instructions of God and make it out and make it work. Listen, in all of this, you must stay focused on the work. See, that's the problem. We don't want to stay focused on the work. We want to think how hard it's going to be. We want to focus on the task. Instead of the work. You need to focus on the work. You're wall builders. God is giving you tools. He's telling you what work needs to be done. He's telling you what we need to do for the next generation. He's telling us about seeking and saving the Lord. Don't start looking at how hard it's going to be to get them there. That's the task. You need to focus on the work. See, that's what people do on their natural job. They have different things they're going to do. They're like, oh God, this job is just so much to do. But you know, but, but if you stop focusing on how much it's going to do and start uh, focusing on what it's going to accomplish, 
what's a, you know, what it's going to accomplish for the organization you're in, what you're going to, what, what it's going to accomplish in the church when we get it done. You know what, it'll change how you see it. But as long as you think of how hard it is, and oh Lord, oh gosh, it's a, no, it's going to be a task. Just say, you know what, I need to see the finish, what, what, what needs to be done, and it'll help me not to worry about the different tasks to get there. It'll just let me know I know I need to get there. So I don't have to worry about that. I'll just forge ahead. Are you following me? It's the same thing being in college, especially those of you that's going to college. Don't, listen, do not focus on, oh, I got three papers to do. Oh, I got an essay to do. I got two midterms to do. Oh, God, I don't know what to do. Oh, God, I have to read six chapters. See, you're working on the task. When you do that, have you noticed you become depressed? You lose energy? You'll be like, oh, God. It sucks the life out of you because all I'm concentrating on is what I have to do. But if you just see and realize, I'm getting an education. And what, the, what is this education going to do for me? It's setting a foundation for my life. It's making it where I'm gonna have a, I can have a better life for my children, a better life for me. I can teach my children. See, when you start thinking about it like this, oh, I can, I can, have a, uh, uh, I can do better in life where I can take care of myself. Where I can do, when you start thinking about it like that, the task, you, you forget about the task because you're getting to a goal. But as long as you think about how hard it is to get there, you're going to be, ah, I think I'm going to just, I'm going to drop everything and I'm just going to go next semester. See, you're all depressed. You're all down. No. Say this education is my foundation. And that's just one example. It's the principle. It's across the board. Did you hear me? I'm telling you, those of you in college, if you do it that way, all of a sudden the chapters you have to read won't be so won't be so overbearing. I don't care how many papers you have to do because you like I'm going. Hey, I know where I'm going, so I get it done. Now listen, understand this: the work is of when God has called you something to anything. The work is of God. The work is of God. If God speaks to your heart or speaks to your life, it is His work. If He's given you something to do, He's going to give you everything you need to get it done in the time frame that you need to get it done. Now, most of you keep saying, I know what God told me to do, but I don't seem, seem like He's not helping that. You're probably outside of the time limit that He was supposed to. It's only within the time limit that He gives you that everything's available. Now you're ready to obey, but nothing is available. It was available within that dispensation or span of time that you wasted. And remember what we talked in previous teachings, not in this particular series, but it may or may not come back around. You blew that time. It's not automatically going to come back around. You know what? If somebody told me that and I've been off time, baby, listen to me. I would be on my face praying for God because I'm telling you, God have mercy and compassion. If he, uh, but let me tell you, it's no such thing that now, God changes not. But when you come to him with a sincere heart and you've made the error and you've acknowledged that and you like, God, I want to do something. I want to do it. I don't care how long it takes, God. I'm going to stay on my face until you use me. See, that's somebody hungry for God. God can raise up and breathe. But, 
you come with your arrogant self like, now I'm ready, God. Do something in me. God's like, now who are you again? Now who are you again? I'm no longer thug heathen. Now I'm, now I'm ready. Now I'm holy. Now I'm righteous. And God said, now, and tell me, when did you get that way? Well, I'm married now. Oh, oh, marriage won't do that for you. Well, I got children of my own. I see some things. Yeah, but you're going to have to see more than children. I got a job now. I got a, I, I got a, I, I, I work now. And that won't do it either. None of the things that you think is going to do it. You wasted the time. Don't waste any more. Don't waste any more. Amen? The whole purpose of God's work is for us to have restoration. Whenever God is giving instruction, He's trying to restore something. Let us not forget that. He's trying to restore something. And, and let me tell you, don't forget it and understand this, that work requires work. Now you got tools, but you got to understand work requires work. Listen, if you want something without work, you don't want it. Did you hear me? If you want something without work, you don't want it. Work requires work. And guess what? Work is meant to be hard. <laughs> work is meant to be hard. You know why work is meant to be hard? So that only the people that want it can get it. Ooh, you missed that. Somebody should have been jumping on through the camera. You know why work is hard? Because it's only for the ones who want it that's going to get it. Lazy people will never. People that don't want to work hard. Mm -mm. Work is designed to separate those who are willing to do the work from those that don't want to do the work. It's, it's, it's designed for that. Work is what sets the value on an accomplishment. Work sets the value on an accomplishment. Listen, anytime you can get, li listen, please get this. Anything that you can get without work, it has little value and little worth. Did you hear me? Anything that you get without work, it's of little value and little worth. <laughs> you want to work let me, let, me, let me tell you if you want to work you're going to have to work hard the value is coming in because the greater the work the greater the value the greater the work the greater the value the lesser the work the lesser the value Listen to me, those of you that are unmarried. You should want someone, listen, to work for you. And I'm speaking to you women hard. You need to want someone who wants to work hard for you. Just even get you. Ah, oh, you don't want to. Let me tell you, if it's easy to get you, you're cheap. You're cheap. And if a woman's getting a man, she's cheap. Let me tell you, 
I made my husband work hard for me. He told y'all that when he was when when we were dating. I called myself Lee. I was like, work for me. He was riding down the street like, oh no, you're not going nowhere. You're not going work. You have to let them work for you. Let me tell you, if they don't work hard for you, you're cheap. And I mean, you know, and I don't even know what to say about the woman to just go after men. I, you, you beyond cheap. Listen, they got, listen, make them work hard for you because you're not cheap. And guess what? <laughs> if they don't have to put much work in for you, and they get you with no work, you're disposable. Like any old napkin. You're disposable. But if they had to work, they're going to stay there. <laughs> oh, I know you done. Listen, sit back down. Don't act like you got to go to the restroom. No, no, no. You're fine. Don't get after the children. Don't do nothing. Listen. Listen attentively. Submit fully. And conform completely. Has nothing to do with nobody but you and God. God is trying to work something out in you. See, if you operate in any of those principles, then there you can learn something and teach your children not to operate in them. You're disposable. They don't have to work for you, you're disposable. But if they work for you, they'll stay. You know why? Because they don't want to lose the work they put in. They do not want to lose the work that they put in. See, you think it's about losing you. Girl, listen, it is not about losing you. Nobody care about you. They care about the work. Just know that. <laughs> I'm trying to help you women out. You're not that special. <laughs> listen, what makes you special is the amount of work it took. But if it was no work out in it, I'm telling you, it ain't your cuteness. You're disposable. I know you think you're not. But if God said it, let me tell you, it ain't your cuteness. You ain't that cute. Have you looked in the mirror? Have you looked in the mirror? You're disposable, baby. Listen. If they ain't working hard for you, Now, that was a freebie. That was a freebie. Somebody ought to just send an offering and say, just amen. Just send an offering and say, you know what, I, I got to pay for that one. Because I just learned something. And I just upped my value from being cheap. Go to Genesis chapter 1. God is a good God, isn't he? Don't look at the package. Please don't look at the package. If you, that's a distraction. If you look at the package that it's coming from, if you think that I know you personally and I'm bother you, first of all, we've been, I don't know anything that's going on with you. I don't personally care, but God does. I don't know. Look, we've been quarantined. We ain't seen each other for months. And for some of you, I don't even know you, haven't seen you at all. Guess who's speaking? God. But as long as you look at the package, you're going to miss it. 
Did you hear me? As long as you look at the pack, package, you're going to miss it. And you don't want to miss it. Amen? If you want something without work, listen. Mm-mm. You don't want it. I said you don't want it. Now, are you in Genesis chapter 1? Now, let's talk about maximizing our time. How do I maximize my time? When I say our time, I'm talking about the time that God has given you. God has given us our time. When I'm talking about time, I'm talking about our time, our lifetime. You know, a lifetime is short. I realize that. You need to realize that. It seems long when you're young. But how many of you know that the older you get, you realize that lifetime is short. And you get old quick. Some of you are feeling it. You get old quick. Now, you will, you're going to stay old longer than you are young. See, I want you to get this. Because, see, we think it's young, but let me tell you, you're going you're gonna to live longer older than you do young. That's why it's important for you as a young person not to waste time trying to have fun. Because young is really the shortest part of your life. You need to use your youth now to get established, not try to have fun. <laughs> Then once you establish, you can enter into being old and get to being old a long time. See, anything else, I ain't talking about no old person, you can't, you can't function. No, I'm talking about just older than, than you. you. When you start getting old, then, now, let me tell you, when you start getting older and you've used your young, being young wise, guess what? Now you have resources to really enjoy life. How many of you notice know really people that really enjoy life, that go on trips and, and you know, all that? They're not the younger people. It's the older people. <laughs> you, you know, you find out all the older people, they're going on cruises to nowhere. They're going on trips. They're doing all that. The young people try to put their money together. <laughs> Because why? They wasted their youth and now they broke. See, I can remember when I was young, I was broken busted. Didn't have nothing. And see, all the funds that you think you're missing, all that fund that you think you are, let me tell you, all it's doing is simply taking away from your foundation. That's all it's doing. You think it's just fun, but it's taking away your foundation. But guess what? Now I have a foundation in my life. And I'm going to be old for a while. But I get to enjoy that foundation for a long time. People say to the young people, have fun, have fun. No, no, no. You say to the young, no, 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 not have fun. Go to work. Go to work now. Grow old and have fun. Let the seniors say amen. Yeah, the seniors say, Amen. Again, notice, the traveling comes with the cruises. They do everything they want to do. You need to figure it out. They worked when they were young. Now that they get old, they can do what they want to. 
And see, this is what gets me about some of you young people out there. <laughs> some of you are trying to live while you're young. And you don't have nothing to live off of. <laughs> see, you try, you're trying to buy an upscale car because your parents have one. Well, your parents, <laughs> seriously, you need to get you a Yugo. You need to get you a Bug. You need to get you something to stop trying to act like you've already paid the price. I'm going to get a Mercedes. I'm going to get a BMW. I'm going to get a this, that. That's, you're not there. You want to make somebody see you in some way? Get a Chevy. And be thankful. It's a running car. But see, you're trying to live without paying the price. So what do you do? You go get all the used ones. Your parents get the brand new one. You're like, I'm getting used with it. Look like them. No, you're gonna be up under the hood. Be like, are oh, they under the hood? In that? Yeah, that's cold cop trying to live. And I, you know, bless God for our parents. We all parents. We try to help them out and everything. It won't work either. They gotta pay the price. To grow old and do what you do and have what you have. It ain't going to come overnight. You want to look the part. Hmm. I know. Don't get mad and don't look at the package. No, no, no. Because, see, I can have fun. You can, it's not your season to have fun, it's not your season. It's not your season to stay at a resort. You need Motel 6. Your parents stay at the resort. That's what your money can afford. Unless you come to the resort and they have to pay. Trying to live differently from where you are. You're trying to skip that part. And listen, and it's nothing wrong because, you know, parents to do what they're going to do, and it's okay. But just know, that's not a lifetime of thing. You've got to build your own. What if your parents are not there? Can you do that for your... What your parents do for you, can you do that for your children? Then you need to get to work. Listen. Oh, gosh. I, I know. Mm-mm. Some of you are trying to live while you're young and you don't have anything to live off of. You have nothing to live off of. You barely have a savings account. No money. Barely know how to write a check. Don't quite know how to balance the check. You Google that and found out how to do that. Listen, you'll never maximize your time if you don't value it. Value this time that you're hearing this now so you can make the adjustment. It might be a painful adjustment, but that comes along with the package. Number one, to maximize our time, we must work every day. (laughs) You must work every day. Now, guess what I didn't say? I didn't say that you have to go to a job. (laughs) But you have to work every day. Any day that you don't work, you lose progress. And we're going to see what the Bible says. The Bible says that we were created in the image and the likeness of God. So I believe that God gives us the ultimate, he's given us the ultimate example of how to establish our times so that we can finish the work. Are you with me? 
God desired to create. When God desired to create the heavens and the earth, He did it. He desired a place for man to be on the earth. He desired for man to have dominion over the over the earth. He desired to fellowship with man, as man had dominion over the earth. And he desired for man to not only have dominion over the earth the way that, uh, that he had dominion over... He, he said, now, I'm going to show you how it is in heaven, and I want you to do that on earth. And he, said, he, he set it up that way so that we could have a... I think what you would call a commonality. We can kind of see it. That's why he made us in his image and his likeness. And by the way, God created the heavens and the earth. That wasn't a big bang. I don't, I, li- listen, we know that you said you can ask questions and you can send them to, please don't send no question about big bang, because I'm going to tell you right now. There's no such thing. God didn't electrify or nothing didn't happen where the ground was electrified and all of a sudden it turned into molecules and molecules turned into tadpoles and tadpoles turned into snakes and snakes turned into lizards and lizards turned into monkeys and monkeys turned into you. That's stupid. Unlearned and foolish. I will not answer any questions about that. And none of the other ministers will either. Because that's foolish. That's not true. And first of all, it don't even make sense. I don't know, monkeys. We are. Well, why don't you go sit at the zoo and just sit by the cage by the monkey and wait until they turn into a human? See how long that takes. I bet you you die before they turn into a human. Or turn into you. Amen. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Now know this, whatever's going on in your life right now is without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. Now, anything that, listen, that you're trying to establish right now is without form and void. Understand that. Look at verse, look at verse 6. And God said, let there, now it said, the evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. You know, the firmament is all the clouds and the, all of the atmosphere. Divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And, he, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the of the uh, uh, gathering together of the waters called seas. 
And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herbs and yielding seed and the fruit uh, tree yielding fruit after his, this his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed of this kind and the trees yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning was the third day. In other words, God was creating the heavens and the earth, and He did something every day. If you go on and continue to read, I'm not going to keep going because it goes all the way. It, it keeps telling you all He's done. My main thing is telling you, you have to work every day. You got to do something every day. <laughs> That's our example. If you go on, he did something on the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. Guess what? On the seventh day, you can take vacation. But you got to do something every day. Now, 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 mind you, I'm talking spiritual. I'm talking of spiritual things. You have to do something every day. And notice what God didn't do. He didn't say, oh, the light and darkness, look how awesome that is. Oh, I made something that he didn't stop and say, "Oh, hey, angels, did you see that ring I put around? That's cold. Look at that, so nice. You know what? I believe I sit here today and just look at what I did. God's not a narcissist. Notice he didn't do that. He didn't sit back and look at that. God did something every day." Now, if we're made in His image and His likeness, listen, if you're trying to establish something, you're going to have to work on it every day. If you want to work on your marriage, you've got to work on it every day. You can't say, oh, I want my marriage to be better. Oh, but I don't know when I'm going to start. I don't know. Ugh, I just don't know. I'm going to work. Today. I'm just going to go, go off to work today just to get away from it. I'm just going to pray for it to get better. No. You have to start working on it every day. Every day you got to work on your marriage if you're having marriage problems. If you're having financial problems, you got to work on it every day. If you're having spiritual problems that you can't go on with God or you just, you can't read the Bible, you can't, you got to work on that every day. Letter A. If you're going to maximize your time, you must organize the work. You know why it's hard to work? Every day, because a lot of the times we're just not organized to work every day. Now, God wants to restore us. He wants to make us whole. He wants us to be right. He wants to heal us. And He realizes that. And you have to realize that you are at the start right now. Let's get it. See, again, God didn't separate the light from the darkness and didn't say, okay, that on day two, now let's make man. See, He didn't rush the process. He just worked every day. Man was at the end. Man was the apex of his creation. He was at the end. Why didn't he bring him on on the second day? Because the earth wasn't ready for man yet. See, a lot of times we want to jump out before God. God say, not yet. You got to still work some things out. He didn't say, well, I have a place for you to stand, man. Now I'm going to go ahead and create men. No. Patience. He didn't say, well, I got a sky and I got a day and I got darkness and I got, that I call night and it's all in place. Let's make men. Because that's the fun part. No. 
And see, that's a lot of the times when we see the finish, we try to jump to the finish. That's what I'm trying to say. You're trying to jump to where you shouldn't be. You can't do that. It won't work. You're going to burn out, burn up, use up, waste time because it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. And I want to talk to you young men for just a minute. Young men for just a minute. Once you go to college, you get out of college, you have to see yourself as a man. Listen, you have to be out of your parents' house, living on your own with your own money. Now, I am not talking about getting out your house, your parents' house, to go lay up with your boo, to live in sin. Let me tell you. That's nothing. You should have stayed you should have stayed in your parents' house because you're not a man. If you're just doing that. You're not a man, you're a boy playing like a man. Okay? So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that that's on point with God and just just following God's lead. Not somebody that's just wanting to just get out there because I want to lay up and I can't lay up at my parents' house. Uh, are you with me? So you need to be on your own taking care of yourself. And the only problem with that, usually, listen to me, especially you that is just about to graduate college and just about to get out. Listen closely. Listen attentively. Submit fully. Many have made mistakes because they would not conform completely. You need to be taking care of yourself. Again, the only problem with that is when you get out of college, the only money that you have is the money you get from graduation. You don't even have a job yet. Which seems like a lot at at the time. Ooh, I got this, I got that. uh, And then you'll find out it's not really much at all when it comes to living. So this is what you do. You go jumping out to finish at the start. Okay, I can, oh, I got a, you know, I got a deposit. You get your apartment, you get your car. Now you're at the end. When you needed to be at the beginning. Jumped out ahead of time. Jump just 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 jump. Hey, I'm not listening to no counsel. I'm doing me. Jump out, never balance the check, never, I mean, never, you, you haven't learned how to pay bills, none of that. Never learned how to really live on your own. I ain't talking about with your boo laying up over there. <laughs> never lived on your own. Didn't know all the expenses that would be required of you. Because you thought when they said rent all bills paid, that meant everything until you got the place. And you found out vacancy See, the model is furnished. It's established. But guess what? When you get the key, you go into vacancy. And then now you realize, oh, it don't come with a kitchen table and a, <laughs> a, a bed. And a, No, no, no. It, uh, I thought when it said all bills paid, everything. Oh, no, that's not what that means. I got about trash can? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, but the only thing about that, when you do all of that, you'll find, if you walk in an apartment, let me, let me show you, you, you'll know if you are. If you walk in an apartment, and you ain't bought nothing, everything is what somebody gave you, all you really have is the key. All you really have is the key and a vacant apartment because you did it wrong. And guess what? All of that time is wasted. That's called wasting time because you won't listen to counsel. Just wasted time that you can't get back. Okay, that was the freebie too. Send it to the P.O. box. Let's move on. Letter B, we must... We must make progress every day. We're going we're gonna to handle our time right. Progress every day. You know, when you're in a relationship with the Lord, you have to make progress every day. You can't grow here and there. Did you hear me? You can't grow here and there. You've got to make progress every day. There's a reason why we come to church every week. How many of you know when you come on Sunday, you need to come back the next Sunday? You need to come back. Why? Because you have to come here and hear. You can't come and hear one message and go away and try to grow. It don't work that way. Oh, good, I made some progress. No. You need to look back right now. We're in 2020. You need to look back right now and ask yourself, how have you grown spiritually? Ask yourself. You have to make progress. This is already 2020. You should be making progress. You should be making progress every day. That is to be ever closer to what God has called me to do. Whether it's in the ministry or in my personal life. See, so you, 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 you got to know that. Let us see. To maximize our times, we have to make sure that the work is good. That the work is good. That the work is a, ben- a beneficial effect. How many of you know that not all work is good? Not all work is good. See, there's some busy work. You're just busy doing, but it's not beneficial. Some work is the adversary's work. Listen. In other words, some work that you are working on is on the behalf of somebody that's trying to, de- to destroy you. And you don't even know it. Here you are smoking, cussing, sleeping around, in and out of different uh, uh, situations. You know, creating drama in your life. All that kind of foolishness. And it is foolishness. All of that is called wasteful work. Just wa- See, it's work, but it's wasteful work. You know what, is, uh, what it, it takes a lot. It, you know what? It takes a lot of work to manage drama. Why do you want drama? That just takes work. And it's not beneficial. And it takes a lot. A lot of work to manage your social... It takes a lot of work to, to manage your social media. And to follow somebody else's social media. And gain social... And, then, and out of all of it, then you gain no social skills. But you're following it at all. That's a lot of work and a lot of hours. You can look up and the whole day is gone and you, all you've been doing is checking Facebook online. 
looking at Twitter. Or some crazy, stupid clip that somebody sent you on Instagram. Oh, did you see that dog running around? Oh, that dog is running around. You see him running around? Oh, Lord, I'm going to send that to somebody. He's running around. No, I didn't see it. Oh, girl, I'm going to send it to so-and-so. He's running around. Did you see that baby dancing? I dancing like me. Oh, I'm going to send that. Did you see what so-and-so said? No, I didn't. I'm going to send it to you, girl. What? What? Oh, I got it. Oh, no, they didn't. Did you see what they said? Yeah. Ooh, we OMG. 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 That's a lot of work. Just doing that all day long. Just a lot of work. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about out there. Again, sit back down. Stop acting like you got to go to the restroom. You're fine. A lot of work. Just doing the same thing. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to by any means forget you men. And you, you men, you just, you're just as bad. You need to stop gossiping and talking about women. Cause you're in that too. You're just as bad. Some work is busy work. Some work is the devil's work. Some work is just unnecessary work. And some work is other folks' work. (laughs) Now listen, here's the thing. You can't do another person's work if you haven't done your own. You cannot. Can you help me out? Well, you can't help only. You can't help me if you can't have first done your own work. Listen, I'm gonna teach you something here. I'm gonna teach this thing so you'll know it. Just wait; it'll come and you'll catch it. One out of one of these times, you're gonna catch it. All of a sudden, you're gonna hear it. But I want you to know this because I've said it in time past, and I'll say it again. I don't owe anybody my time. Please learn it. You don't owe anybody your time. Give me a minute. Give me a second of your time. I don't owe anybody my time. My time, my time is precious. I dictate how my time is going to be used. You don't. What my time is going to be used on... That's me. That's my business. Yours is your business. I'm going to make sure that my time glorifies God. I don't owe people my time. And neither do you. Now go to Philippians chapter 3. Jump over to Philippians chapter 3. Oh my God. Where did the time go? That's okay. Philippians chapter 3. Let's go. To maximize our times, we must also press. We must also press. A press means to move swiftly towards a goal. Move swiftly towards a goal. In other words, I'm not dragging my feet. And if you're military, you'll get this. In other words, I'm not half-timing it. I'm moving swiftly. I'm trying to get to the goal. To press means to pursue. To pursue. To go after Listen, if you're a young person in college, I'm going to give you the best advice that I can give you as a student. You should know it 
any at every moment, every hour that you are taking in your in 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 your classes. You need to know how many hours you need to take. If you're going to college, you need to know that. You're going to need to know how you're going to finish. You need to know how many credits you need. You need to go in. You need to pull up. Let me see what my major is. And you need to look at everything that's required of you. You need to have all that all set. Nobody should ever be able to come up to you and ask you, how many hours do you have to graduate? And you don't know and you start stuttering. Never. You should know. Oh, I need to talk to my advisor. Your advisor got a degree. Your advisor's not there to give away. If you go talk to your advisor, you need to go on with everything you already have. And then at the end, they get to you and say, oh, well, I'm going to have to go another semester because uh, they, not, they don't have what I, what I need to graduate this semester. Waster of time, that's what you're called. That's all that was. You were a waster of time while you were fooling around, messing around, playing around, trying to have fun, wasting up your foundation. That sent you into another semester. Don't act like, oh, the school didn't. No, you didn't take it when you should have. Oh, let's get a little deeper with that. When you were somewhere with your legs open or your pants down, you should have been knowing what was on your schedule. Don't blame that on somebody. See, you can fool your parents, but you can't fool God. And you can't fool his servants either. Sit back down. Sit back down. Stop on the like Stop fumbling in your purse. Ain't nothing in there but the same thing. Ain't no money in there. Listen. You should never be that. You should never have an extra semester. You need to make it up in your mind what you're going to do if you're going to college. If you want to go four years and you say, I don't want no masters, I don't want none, I want four years again. Get it done. Get in there and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give, I'm going to pursue this education until I do it. If I want a higher education, uh, you know, if you say, I don't care what so and so have, I don't want one extra day. It doesn't make you in that. Just whatever you decide to do, get to the finish of it. Get there. You don't want to be 30 and still going to school. And listen, and if you're all 30 still going to school, or if you're going to adult, you know, doing adult, all I'm telling you is, well, make a plan and finish it. Just don't go on and on and on and on and on. Wasting time. Stop wasting time. See the end. See the end and say, I got to get there. Girls, women, young ladies, don't let no guy come in your life and get your plans all messed up. Telling you how cute you are and how fine you are. You already know how cute you are or how fine you are. You already know what little belly roll you have that nobody can see. Listen, nobody cares about that. Listen. All of that is nothing but to get you distracted and get you wasting time and keep you off of your foundation. Keep you from getting to your foundation. I thank God for parents that step in when they see their children getting off and putting them back on track. You better be thankful. You ought to be thankful you have a mother and father that loves God and snatch you out of the hands of the enemy. Why are you talking about, he loves me. I want to be with him. 
foolishness. If you take all of that energy and put it to making something for your life and getting where you need to be, you'd be an A student. Because another phase of your life is coming. You should know that today. Another phase of your life is coming. And listen, I'm going to talk to you young men and young women. And I'm, I'm out of time, but, ooh, I got so many more notes. But I'm not, I'm not going to, but I'm, I'm going to push this. Because I really want you to get this. Please get this. Please. You can't pursue what you have not established. You cannot pursue what you have not established. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing butterflies. Just chasing. Listen. You need to get after it. If you think you want to get married when you get out of college, listen right now, especially you young men. I'm talking to you young men because that's, that's a whole other thing. Listen, to me. listen attentively. This is very important. Listen attentively. Submit fully. Conform completely. I don't care if you don't like it. Because God, I'm telling you, God has spoken this thing that I'm about to say. God has spoken this to every young man in this ministry. And I've seen them piss on it. You have an opportunity to listen attentively, submit fully, and conform completely. Do you all remember a while ago, this was several years ago, God called down several men. Young men to come down. Not a one of them in play. Not one. Not one. Stayed to the end. To see what God was going to do. And God will let you walk away. Everything that God spoke to them. I think it was about six of them. Six or seven of them. Not one. Not one. Allowed God to use them. Oh, I'm somewhere else. I'm being you. No, 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 no. Not a one. I was thinking about that the other day when I was doing it. I said, God, you're right. Not a one. Waster of time. All about the flesh. So you got the advantage now. You young men. You young, the ones that's not even thinking about marriage. Ones that might be thinking about marriage after college. Whatever. You have an advantage now. If you're thinking about marriage, when you get out of college, listen to me. You as a man may not be qualified for marriage. Now see, this is where dumbness come in. Did I just say you never ever should get married? I said, right now, you might not be qualified to be married. See, you don't, you, you don't want to get married because you just, oh, I'm just so in love. Love won't keep you. That love won't pay the bills. That love to get you some babies, but it's not going to pay. It's not, let me tell you, you're going to be off of God's plan. Because he's trying to tell you, you're not qualified for marriage as a man. Why? God said, because there's things that he needs to fix in you. 
See, let him fix it. He didn't say forever, but he said there are things that need to be fixed. Now, God's about to hurt your feelings, but guess what? They'll be better if you listen. I promise you. They will be better if you just listen now. There are things in you that need to be fixed. <laughs> if you'd ask God, God, I'm challenging you. Ask God, God, what are the issues that need to be fixed? I promise you, God will give you a list. Just ask Him. See, now I heard that today, and I'm, you know, and I, I'm thinking once I get out of college, I want to get married and go on with my life and think. But God, you just told me that it's something I need to be fixed. What do I need to be fixed? He'll give you a list. And guess what? You don't have to tell anybody about that list. Just between you and God. You don't have to tell your father, unless you want to. You don't have to tell your father, your mother, your pastor. Just get the list that God is dealing with you about. And you should get that list. And I'm praying that God will give me and every minister that's under this ministry, give you everything you need to recognize that you can start writing your list down every time you hear a message. Listen. And then God said, before you get married, I want you to fix everything on this list. See, God is looking for the marriage to work. God said, before you ever get even thinking about it and want to get in it, I want you to fix everything on this list. And then you need to set yourself a time, because remember, we're talking about time. A time. You need to say, you know what? In a year, after you have your list, you know, in a year, I'm going to fix all of this. You need to sit down with the person that you think you want to marry, or the person that you thought in your head you want to marry, or the person that you're thinking about, or whatever. You need to sit them down and say, you know what? God has given me a list. And it's going to take me a year to fix all of this. And you know what? If I don't fix it, I'm going to let you go because you deserve better. But I'm going to fix it so that you can have the right husband. And if I can't do it, give yourself time. I'm just giving you an example. Give yourself a time. And I'm thinking not less than a year. I'm going to work on everything because God's going to speak. And I'm going to work on this until I get it right. If I can't get it right, I'm not going to, listen, you need to tell yourself, I'm not going to pull you in and let you be with me 15 years while I try to grow up. When God wanted to fix you beforehand so you wouldn't be a boy throughout the marriage, just because you wanted to have a little sex, just because you just want to, just, I say I'm married. Just because you want to play house? Just because you want to play dog and have a baby? No! God said, I want you fixed so you don't play your life for the next 15 years growing up in a marriage. You need to already be grown. Ooh, God is speaking to some of you out there. Listen attentively. You do not want to play games with that woman. If you love her, you will let let God fix you 
Say, God, I'm, I'm going to let you fix it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, and you need to tell, you need to let her, let me tell, if you can't get it done with a year or more, whatever, let me tell, don't string them along for three or four years and you can't even get fixed. You return into the same thing. Okay, well, we're going to steal where? We're going to steal, hang out with God. All you're doing is tempting your flesh. You need to tell yourself, I'm going to get right. I'm going to get right. I need to go find somebody who has it right. Because I need to get it right. Don't play around. Pursue the work. It takes work. And if you're a woman and you're out there listening to me, don't accept anything less. You're a believer. We want it to work. I don't want it to look like it's working. Because I'm going to tell you... how many times have I told you all over the years, you're not going to make God a liar. You, it can work. I have seen us give counsel and counsel and counsel to young men, and they just don't want to, I'm going to do my own thing. Don't let that be you. Now is the time to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this counsel. I'm going to spend time in praying, God, show me where you need to fix me. I want to be a good Christian husband. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a man of God. Teach me how to be a man of God. Father, I'm giving the whole 365 days, Father, I'm going to come to I want to be a man of God. Father, there's character flaws in me. I want them fixed. I want, Father, I want to determine and see the character flaws you want me to have, and I want them. Guess what? I'm going to chase them and pursue it. You show me of the Lord, and I'll chase it down until I make it mine. If you have a spiritual weakness, identify it. Work on fixing it. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't know how to just sit down and study enough. I need to work on this. I need to work on fixing this. How you start the family and you don't even know how to start Bible study? Yeah, let's get in here and let's read the Bible. And y'all, nobody know where to go. Everybody talking about, well, let's, what are we going to teach? What are we going to do today? I don't know. I think, well, let's, let's, just, let's just start at Psalms. Let's just, you know, nothing. But let me tell you, God will make it where you know how to operate. I'm to give it to you. This is for those that are not married. Don't play. Pursue. Chase it. This is what I don't get about now. Now, now, those of you that are streaming and don't belong to this church, just excuse us for a minute. You can stay in the room, but I'm just talking to those that belong to this church. How are you struggling in a church that have the truth? How? Are you struggling and you have a church that have the answer? If your marriage is on the rocks, fix it. Quit putting it off. We have marriage counseling classes that we, we do. Our, our founding pastor set that up as a foundation that we do every year. Why aren't you in them? 
Even though you're just not thinking about marriage, but you're a young man and one day you will. Get it now! Put it in you now! So you'll remember it! And you won't be caught. And when you go to class, why don't you go to... Why, why aren't you enabled ministers of the New Covenant class? To learn something. And when you're in those classes, they're not offering suggestions. They're giving assignments for a reason. Oh God, for a reason. Make up your mind. If you're having marital problems, you go to the marriage counseling. Every time that they, we teach it on, on, um, in, in family life, you make everyone. You don't miss not a one. You stay. Matter of fact, you take the person that you think. I ain't talking about you got a date set and you doing all that foolishness. No, no, no. You sit down and say, let's get this. And guess what? When we, when they get through with this class, if nothing has changed with us, we're going to hold everything. We're going to stop thinking about this. We're going to work on these things that we've learned in that class. Instead of just saying, yeah, sitting there holding hands. I just can't wait to December 13th. You ain't listening to nothing. God is trying to help you. You won't struggle in your marriage. Let me tell you, marriage is hard enough with all the after extra. The extra drama unnecessary work. I said it's unnecessary work. Make up your mind in marriage. Whatever, whatever I'm working on, I know exactly what God has called me to do. I know exactly the state that I'm in. Don't leave the church because you're mad. Don't say, I, I, I don't know, they don't want me to be mad. Don't do that. Again, all you're going to do is waste time that you can't get back. And then you're going to come back years later and all you're going to need is, I just need counseling. I just need to talk to somebody. I just want to talk to somebody. But you didn't want to talk when it was all available. What do you, I just want to know what you think is going to be said differently. You have to already determine in your mind how long it's going to take me to do it. And get it done. I want to say this before I close. And I got plenty of notes, but I want to say this. Because I, I'm, I'm talking about how, know exactly what, what, what state that you're in. I know exactly what state to leave this church in when I'm gone. I've already talked to God. And I've already determined in my mind how long it's going to take to do it. How long it's going to take, Pastor? Well, that's not your business. I know how long it's going to take. I've talked to the Lord. And when I hand over this ministry to the next pastor... I'm determined not to have it, not to turn it over to unfinished work. My pastor didn't learn. My pastor finished his foundation and handed it over. When I hand it over, it's not going to be unfinished work. I'm going to give them new work. New work. That they'll have to finish. And you know what? Because I spend time with God, I know how long it'll take. And you know what? Because I know how long it takes, I've set my whole life around finishing that work. My whole life. I've set my personal life. Listen. 
my family vacations, my family time, my children, my grandchildren. I set it all around the clock. See, I do most of my studying and my time alone when my whole family sleeps. I mess around in the house because when you have grandchildren that live with you and, 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 and everybody's in the house and stuff, you know, they're in and out your room and they're talking to you. I can't concentrate like that. But most of the time, a lot of times you all think I'm on Facebook all the time. I, let me tell you, when you sleep is when I'm on. Now, when I drop it is when you awake and you think that I'm on there. But no, it's stuff I've been, I have already read. Most of the time, it's at night when, I, when, I, when nobody's around, when everything is quiet in the house. But I've always done that. But even more so now, it's when everybody, go to bed, I just wait till everybody's going to, because i got to hear from God. And I put everything around the clock. And if you think, by any stretch of the imagination, that I'm going to stop and waste time and start to rot with people that don't want to move forward. They're still in bondage. They're still in drama. Still in food. Sometimes I call people and I just want to hear them. And they sound just like they've always sound. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm not going to waste time. I have an assignment. I know what I need to do. I'm going to press. I'm not going to be stagnant. Anything stagnant is just standing there and just stealing it stinks. I'm not going to do that. And after it starts stinking, guess what? It starts to rot. We got to move. Hmm. One more, one more, and then we'll, I'll end. Philippians chapter 3. To maximize our time, we must not get complacent. We must not get complacent. Philippians Chapter three. You know what? You know what complacency is? It's a result of almost getting there. That's what. That's what complacency is. Almost getting there. Getting almost there. Example. Let me give you an example. If you're a drug addict, if you were were a drug addict, or you're a drug addict, and now you no longer use drugs, it's a much better life now that you live. A clean life. But listen. See, you were a drug addict. But you're not using drugs. Praise the Lord. Congratulations. That's a good thing. But you were never supposed to use drugs. In the beginning. So now, using drugs, listen, is not the end. <laughs> not using drugs is not the end. So we think, I don't use it no more. That's it. No, no, no. Not using drugs is not the end. You have to stop using drugs to get to the end, but it's not the end. Follow me. You have to stop using drugs to get to the end, but it's not the end. See, getting married, listen, is not the end. See, some of you are like, okay, we're married now. Okay. That's not the end. See, being married is a challenge. And see, what happens to so many young people, they get married and then they get complacent. You know why? Because they confuse getting married with being married. And there's a difference. They confuse getting married with being married. And the goal was never to get married, but to be married. And it's easy to get it confused. Well, we together now and we can do this and we can do that. But that, that's not the goal. 
It feels good. And here is the, the thing. You have to keep pressing. When you get, when you're hurt, don't stop. You have to keep pressing once you've been hurt. Keep pressing. That's, this is what defeats a lot of Christians. We stop pressing once we no longer hurt. You stop pressing when you're no longer hurt. Good example, when you haven't exercised in a while and you exercise, what happens the next day? Oh, me and my grandchildren, we walked the neighborhood that next day. I was trying to get out the bed. I said, oh, because uh, I hadn't done it in a while. You have pain. I mean, everything hurts. Your face hurts. Everything hurts. Listen, and especially if you do weights, you'd be like, oh, God, I'm just hurting. I have to wash your face hurt. To scratch your back hurt. Everything just hurts. But if you start working out the next day, and the next day, and the next day, notice you don't hurt so much. But notice also you don't try as harder. You don't put much in it. You get complacent like, oh, I got this. I got this. Where at first you were, uh, uh, the pain. But now all of a sudden you get complacent because I don't hurt so much so more, no more. So now I don't have to press. Now I don't have to do as many reps. But it's not until you do more reps that you get the challenge and you get to. So in other words, every time you need to come out of there hurting in order to keep you on track. Because if you don't, you'd be like, oh, I'm good. I get... Complacent. That should be a discomfort. Why? Because I'm doing a little more day by day by day by day. Keep this spiritual. It should be. It'll be a little harder day by day by day. So when you're hurting, you gotta press. But when you stop hurting, you can become complacent. Did you hear me? You can't come become complacent. You have to mark those. Mark those who are with you. I mark those who are with us. That's what Paul said. Mark those. You have to mark. Listen, mark. Life is different because see, it's different. It's easy to mark people that you that you know that just doing this, that, and other. But this is what you have to mark. Mark your examples and mark your peers. Mark them. Mark your examples. And mark your peers. You all, you should mark the people who you're following. And there's nothing wrong with following somebody that's following Christ. If you're a man, there's nothing wrong with looking at another man and say, you know what, I want my life like that. I want my family to be like that. But mark them. I see something in him and, 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 and you know what that I, I need. Mark them. Giving your heads up. I'm trying to make you, I'm trying to prevent you from wasting time. You got plenty to do. Mark them. Mark your peers. Now let me tell you who your peers are not. The peers are not people you go to school with. Not necessarily people you work with. Well, it's not people you work with. Listen to who your peers are. So you're a Christian. Your peers are people who are on the same place spiritually as you are. That's your peer. Same place spiritually. 
Here's a good life lesson. Everybody is not meant to stay in your life forever. Some people come to pass. <laughs> and you have to be mature enough to understand that. Life, life is taking me down a road that you're just not going. And while we were able to be together for a while, maybe we, have, we were boys when we were in college. Maybe we went to high school together. Maybe we were best friends when we was in the 12th grade. Maybe we was, maybe all of that is, maybe we were thick as thieves at one time. You remember all the times we had, maybe we were white on right at one time. Remember we said we'd be brothers or we'd be sisters forever. But all of a sudden, they've taken a different stop. Here's the thing. If they take a different stop, you have to say, I can't go there. You're going into another place. I got to keep moving. See, if I have a friend and me and them been fellowshipping and doing all that, guess what? If they make a stop and I keep on going, it will not take very long for that person to know that I'm moving on. Because we were once this place um, and they've fallen off and I'm still walking. They will see. No, they're going on. They're going on. But you can't stop with them. You're like, nope. You're traveling down a different road and I'm moving on. My feet are moving on. It won't take them long to figure it out. That you're moving on. The only way that they'll know something is up is if you turn around and go back where they are. Ask Lot's wife. Going, what going back, you know, uh, let, let, the, let her qualify, uh, clarify that thing for you. How it worked out for her. Turning back on him. Ask Samson. They go read about these people. All of them turned back. What, ask Samson about that one more chat with Delilah. Just going back. How that worked out for him. You have to realize when life shows you that somebody's not with you anymore, I got to let it go. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. Pastor, that's cold. That's horrible. No, that's truth. That's called truth. Listen, there's people in my family that I have to leave along the way. But guess what? They've never left my heart. See, see, when you say that, people think you're talking about, don't love them. Let them go. Don't have, don't have nothing. No. I had to leave along the way, but they've never left my heart. Why? Because I know where God is taking me. And I knew God had to get me established years ago. When you know that, and guess what? Now that I'm established, I can help them 
See, if you keep going back, you're not going to be able to help them. If you, if you keep giving in to your children and keep giving in to loved ones and keep giving in to people just to type out, you, when it's time that they need the help, you won't be able. You are yet to be established. Right now, I can help them. But had I gone with them, had I done another way, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be there for to help. Again, moving on doesn't mean that you don't love them anymore. Doesn't mean that you don't hold them in your heart anymore. It simply means, I love God more. That's all it means. I love God more. And, you know, you have to come to an understanding that I don't get my, you know, if I don't get myself established, I don't care who it is, you will not be able to bless them. If you're not established and productive, you cannot be, you, you cannot. Did you hear me? You cannot. You have to keep focus on the finish. Stay focused. On the finish. In other words, you're always going to encounter people that you thought were one thing and they turned out to be another. Don't let it move you. Keep focus. I can't believe that you all focus. People are people. I heard that this morning. People are just going to be people. I can't get off focus. I can't get off focus. I have to work every day. I have to press. See, the press is, is how I work. How I work. I'm going to have to press. Last scripture. Go to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Last scripture. I promise. You know, and I don't even have to promise you that. If you want to stop streaming, stop streaming. But we're going to keep going. It is what it is. I have to work every day. I have to, I have to press. See, the press is how I work. I'm going to have to press. And here's the third, third, uh, third one. I have to be faithful. Oh, I have to be faithful. Now, there's a lot of great definitions for faithful. And you can look, all, look them all up if you want. But I'm going to give you my definition to be faithful. To faithful means just to get up every morning. Every day. Just to get up every day. I mean, get up every day to be the best you can be and do the best you can do. Just get up every day. See, some of you realize that you're not fit to be married. One of the rules of the Bible is that you live holy. Hmm. So that means I have to be holy every day. Every day. Then start your tomorrow and be holy that day. In other words, don't try to figure out of all the, uh, the way to, to, to end this. Just follow the instructions. Be faithful. If God said be holy, be faithful. You know, I remember something. When I got married, and that was, you know, over 40 years ago, I remember waking up the next morning when we got married. And I remember thinking when I was laying in the bed, I was thinking to myself, this is for the rest of my life. This is Because, see, I had never done nothing for the rest of my life. But this is for the rest of my life. And God just whispered in my ear, and that's where I got it from. God said, just get up every morning and be a wife. 
That's all you have to do. See, we don't have to try to look for a far off. Just get up every morning and be a wife. Just be faithful every day. That's how I got the definition of faithful. Just get up every day. See, some of you at your job, you think, how many years do I have to retire? Just be faithful and get up every day. Stop thinking about that one day at a time. The, the, uh, the proverb says in, in chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Most men will proclaim everything, every, everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. In other words, most men will brag and boast, but God is just looking for someone to just get up every day. Just get up every day. Three simple things in being faithful. Don't get caught up in others' affairs. Simply put, mind your own business. That's why it says uh, uh, in, in verse 3, It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Just mind your own business. I don't care. Being faithful, don't be lazy. In other words, don't whine about what you need to do. Just get up and do it. Just get up and do it. And then have integrity. And I like that. And see, I, when it, I like what verse 4 said when I said don't be lazy. It said, the sluggard will not plow by reason of cold. Therefore, shall, be be, shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. See, you can't be lazy. Write that scripture down. And I like your integrity. Verse 7. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. In other words, just be who you are when nobody's watching. Because that's who you really are. Here's how you know that you have become a man. Listen, listen. I'm going to tell you how you'll know. And, and if, you, if this have not happened, you're yet a man. And that's, that's not a put down. It lets you know where you need to grow. This is how you know that you, have, you know that you have become a man. You no longer need a supervisor. Mm. You no longer need a supervisor. As long as you need a supervisor, you're not yet a man. When you no longer need someone to look over you, then you now have become a man. Because you are who you are, whether someone is watching or not. So when I say the man, it's, now man, I'm talking about man physically, but I'm talking about man, woman. Let me tell you, whenever you don't need us to be supervised, just know that you've become. I've grown up. And, and, and again, it's, that's not a put down. Just know where you need to grow. And thank God that if you haven't become a man, you got men in this ministry. I mean, if it's, if it's just, just physical, physical men, men or whatever, you got people here that will help you get there. I want you to understand, don't waste any more time. Don't be frustrated about anything God said. God has just showed you. He's saying, slow down. Let me fix some things. Let me fix some things. Let me fix some things in you. 
Even you, you, let God fix some things in you. You're not too young now. Well, I don't, that one ain't for me because I ain't thinking about marriage. It, it, it doesn't matter. You need to, you, all of that you need to be building up now. So you never forget it. That's what makes you mature. That's so when you get to be 19 and 20, you'll be like, I remember a long time ago and I kept that in my heart. I pondered it in my heart. I let it get down in me and I never forgot it. I've been in, I've done this, that, and other, but I never forgot it. That's what kind of message God has given you there. So why? He said, so you won't waste any time. Stop trying to waste time and have fun. Now's the time to establish. You're young. You're young. Those of you that are in it now, now it's time to just buckle down and say, God, show me, show me. I need to fix some things and I know it. He'll give you a list. If you want to share it with your parents, do it. If you don't, it, God, God will tell you exactly what to do. Sometimes it's a personal thing. Because remember, it's the unseen work. Nobody sees but you and God. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com. Thank you.